eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception, Reception, the show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Kill, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception Perception, the show. All right, Matt, uh, we got a couple of uh, Monday night football games in the books, and uh, in, in today's oh. show, <laughs> God, this is so <laughs> terrible. <laughs> what a what a reaction! What a reaction! <laughs> Absolutely abysmal offenses uh, across the four teams. It was it was a gross watch across two games, man. That's for sure. Um, anyways, but uh, hey, actually, stuff- uh, just yeah. not to not to derail immediately, but which offense of those four Panthers, Saints, Browns, Steelers do you feel like put in order of me put in order for me? Which one do you feel best about and which one do you feel worst about going forward? Oh, Panthers are horrible. I, I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, when we, when we start talking about like, you know, it, it, this is like offense over expected. Okay. Like if we're using analytics terms here, okay. Like offense over expected, like, you know, Carolina is, they're bad, but they're not like that much worse than I think what we were anticipating. You know, you look at the wide receiver room. You know, you, you you look at the offensive line, you're like, okay, this is going to be a problem. They've, they've got a rookie quarterback. All that. So, like, they're not doing that much worse than what people were expecting. I think that the Steelers' offense is the worst in terms of offense over expected, right? Like, mm-hmm. there were there was a lot of expectations. I don't want to say, like, high expectations. No one's expecting this to be some, like, high-flying, you know, wheeling dealing you know offense the greatest show on 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 earth or anything but golly man the Steelers are dreadful they're dreadful offensively man they're horrible 
Horrible. Uh, I know, like, I think bold prediction I made. I think maybe it was on this show. Maybe it was on my other show where I, I said this would be a top 10 offense in an important, in an important efficiency metric. We're definitely not trending that way. So <laughs> no. I, I really, th- number one, I mean, it is worth, they're playing without their best receiver right now. Deontay Johnson's not on the field. That's tough. Uh, that's just not ideal. But, you know, it's been awful, and they're, they've played two great defenses. 49ers are a great defense. Cleveland is a great, great defense. I think they're, that is like an adjustment to make at this point that they're one of the, I don't know, maybe top 10, and that might be conservative defenses in the NFL. But still, this unit is terrible. Um, you know, People are giving you know, Matt Canada credit for having George Pickens run in breaking routes. I mean, do the, the bare freaking minimum of what you're supposed to do. <laughs> like, you know, the the, right. the fans right. are chanting fire Canada in the stands. Yep, you know, yep, Pat yep, Fryermuth's yep. banged up. The offensive line is still a disaster. That's one thing I, I kind of wish would have given more credit is like, oh, the offensive line's been terrible, but they drafted a rookie left tackle. The guy's not even starting, you know, uh, because cause he's a rookie. Like, they, that doesn't right. – drafting a rookie doesn't fix all of your problems. Pickett's been inaccurate. He's looked scattershot under pressure. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I – they're they're on high alert of, like, if they don't do it this weekend against the Raiders, like, they ain't never going to do it. Well, not only that, I, I, I know Tomlin's a very loyal dude, but you, you do have to question as to, like, how much more of a leash. I mean, how much more rope do you give Matt Canada? You know, before yeah. before you just not just lose your team, but lose your own job. Like, it could be so bad that Mike Tomlin could be on the hot seat if he sticks with Matt Canada. Who's well, I mean, who's Matt Canada? Mike Tomlin, who cares, dude? You know, just cut bait the guy. It's, it's obviously not working out. Um, anyways, okay, so... We'll stay with that game, though. Uh, obviously, the 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 big, um, I think the news coming out of there obviously was that that horrific Nick Chubb injury. Man, just brutal, brutal to see Nick Chubb go down with uh, what appears to be a very significant and uh, season-ending injury. Uh, there's real questions as to what he's going to look like as a player moving forward. That's how bad uh, the injury looked. Now, okay, in his stead, Matt Harmon, uh, we had a guy in Jerome Ford come out and uh, and look. I mean, look, guy look great, man. Uh, you know, 130 total yards, average 6.6 yards per carry, scored a receiving touchdown. Uh, and by the way, it should be noted too, like Chubb was cooking, you know, yeah. 10 carries for 64. Like he was well on his way, I think, to having a really special game. Uh, but anyways, it's Jerome Ford. He comes in, second-year player uh, out of Cincinnati slash Alabama. Man, when this guy was at Alabama, Matt, this, this dude had to play behind Damian Harris, Najee Harris, Josh Jacobs, and Brian Robinson. And then after two years, he's like, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm transferring to Cincinnati, for God's sakes. Yeah, day one and like day two draft picks uh, between the, everybody's playing behind in since, uh, at Alabama there. Oh, you know, just losing Nick Chubb just sucks. It just sucks, man, because he's such a fun player. I think he's probably yep. like one of the most beloved players guys in the league everybody speaks super highly of him you know he's like a a workout warrior and he's 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 coming off of or he had had a major injury to the same knee in college you know there was a point where like he suffered one of these injuries and people like oh is he done done like at georgia so he's such a good story so it just anytime you lose a player like that and i know watching this game um like when joe buck said you know, we have oh, been yeah. told that the Nick Chubb injury replay is not to be seen again. Troy Aikman's like, it's as bad as you can imagine. 
you know, cause at first, like you see it in real time and you're like, Oh damn, you know, like, oh, man, I, you know, that's, that's, that's uh, Nick Chubb. He's getting, he's mm-hmm. injured. Let's hope it's not serious. And then you hear right. that and you're like, Oh no, it's really serious. Right. And uh, <clears throat> it, it was brutal. Obviously just feel for the guy, man. What a, what a terrible thing to happen. And yeah, Jerome for, oh, go ahead. I mean, no, I was going to say, I mean, the injury was so bad, Matt, that Willis McGay, he was trending on Twitter. Like that's oh, how no. bad yeah, you don't, it was. Nope. You know, I mean like, yeah, so no, it, it was as bad as it gets. And and yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, morbid curiosity. I know I'm not the only person that went on Twitter immediately after Joe oh, Buck yeah. said that and was like, really, was it that bad? I mean, I, I, I mean, cause on first look, it didn't, I mean, it, it would look like a tough tackle, but uh, didn't quite know how bad it was. And then of course you saw the replay on Twitter and I was like, oh yeah, okay. This is as, yeah, the, the, Joe Buck was correct. And uh, Troy Eggman was correct. It is as bad as it gets, but no, go ahead with Jerome Ford. No, I was just going to say, you know, Jerome Ford's been one of these guys like, all off season and fantasy that, you know, people are talking about as, as like the clear cut backup running back, um, in, in Cleveland, because they move on from Kareem hunt. Obviously we'll talk about Kareem hunt here in a second. He's back on the roster now, but crazy. And they move on from Kareem hunt, never really show any interest in bringing him back. And I thought it was really interesting that all throughout the off season, again, they're talking about how high they are on Jerome Ford and you know, that they really liked what they saw out of him as a rookie. And then he gets this hamstring injury and they keep him on the roster as the clear two. They don't go back to Kareem Hunt. They don't like right. call up Leonard Fournette. You know, all they do, they actually cut their right. other backup running backs and then trade for Pierre Strong with like a, a pick swap for the mm-hmm. Patriots, you know. So I thought they really showed a lot of faith in Jerome Ford all offseason to sort of be this guy. And yep, it's certainly a great environment for him. Like, you know, I know obviously they signed Kareem Hunt, I, I get that, but like I think that Jerome Ford, if you went out before the Kareem Hunt news and like spent all your fab in in fantasy, it's okay. Like you, yeah. you're, it's so rare that you're even going to get any sort of like potential difference maker. And if Jerome Ford comes out here and like seizes this job, he, he, even if he's he, look, he's not even going to be in like Nick Chubb's galaxy as a player because Nick Chubb's just like that that good. He's like a from a stats perspective he's like trending towards a hall of fame type of career he's been that good mm-hmm. um yep. he's not gonna be that galaxy a player he can still be a huge difference maker in fantasy so uh yeah jerome ford obviously is is gonna get a big opportunity here it stinks that the first game out they get to they play the titans which is like <laughs> the best running uh defense in the nfl and actually this will be the third backup running back that they faced because they faced jamal williams in week one they That's faced right. Josh Kelly in week two, and now they're going to get Jerome Ford in week three. So <laughs> uh, look out, That's Joe crazy. Mixon, and like, who, what's going to happen with Joe Mixon? That Travion Williams is going to start week four, you know? So, um, right. But the Titans have always been a great run defense, so not a Damn. great matchup here in week three, but still big opportunity. Yeah, from an athletic standpoint, uh, Jerome Ford certainly has got the goods, 210. Four four six forty. Now his thirty one inch vertical is uh, that's below average, but you know again just straight line speed looking pretty good. And uh, and quite frankly, you need a little bit of straight line speed when you're running these uh, stretch outside zone run plays that they're going to run there uh, in. Um, I want to keep saying Cincinnati because he went to Cincinnati in uh, in Cleveland. But <clears throat> can we talk about Kareem Hunt though? Now last year he averaged three point eight yards per carry. And if you go online, Matt Harmon, you you will not find uh, a single person who says anything good about Kareem Hunt, okay? <laughs> no, you it is, not. <laughs> it, is, it is a tough find, okay? Everyone says this man is cooked. And I was like, you know, is he that cooked, though? Because, you know, when I watched him play, I was like, yeah, he certainly has lost a step. Part of it, I think, 
was his general disinterest, I think, in playing football and in playing for this particular Cleveland team. Like he wanted a, a contract extension, didn't get it. He wanted to get traded, didn't get it. Um, and, and so he went out in free agency and didn't quite get the contract that he wanted here, right? Obviously. I'd say uh, not. But, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> his Gosh. sign on September 20th, you didn't get what you wanted. Tough. It's real tough. Okay. So I go back and I look at some next gen stats on Kareem Hunt. Actually, not as bad as everyone is making him out to be. Okay. So uh, among 66 qualified running backs, right, he, aver- he actually ranked 65th in terms of yards before contact. Right. And yards before contact, it's partly a running back stat, but a lot of that is offensive line and blocking and those kind of things. Right. So mm-hmm. he he was 65th in yards before contact. Right. If you just gave him league average yards before contact numbers, you could tack on another 0.6 yards per carry. That would lift him mm-hmm. to like 4.4 yards per carry. I mean, again, well within and slightly above league average. Right. And then I go back and I look and I'm like, God, am I just misremembering? Because I really remember him ripping off some big chunk runs. Right. And no, actually, I didn't misremember because the guy was actually above league average in regards to explosive run rate. And explosive run rates are, are, are runs of 10 plus yards. Right. So slightly above league average there. And in fact, on outside runs, Hunt had an explosive run rate of 14.1%, according to Next Gen Stats. That's the 11th best among running backs with at least 100 carries. Right. Should be noted. Raheem Mostert, number one, should not surprise some folks after watching his performance week number two. Mm -hmm. But again, Kareem Hunt, I I just I don't think he's like super toast like everyone is making out to be. I'm not saying he's great, but if he could be a league average running back in this system in a Kevin Stefanski run scheme. I don't know. He's going to have some games where the Jerome Ford guys are going to be pissed off. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be games where Kareem Hunt actually doesn't get, uh, does actually get involved in this game plan. Totally. I think that's fair. I think it is a little concerning for Kareem Hunt that two teams worked him out in the, it was actually, it was three teams. The the Vikings got in on it too, but the one I'm really remembering is that the Saints, Saints. had him in after the, um, right. it, the Camara suspension was going to be announced and then the Colts get on the blower with him and they're like, Hey, no, 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 no. Right. Come, come on down to Indianapolis. Yeah, 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 Don't yeah, work yeah. out for the saints. Come work out for us. We got this whole Jonathan Taylor thing going on. Like you can probably start, you know, you can probably start for us. Shoot. We you know we've got <laughs> Deion Jackson and Zach Moss and all these guys come on down to Indianapolis. And then he does that. And then they don't sign him. That, right. that does make me think that something, right. you know, that, that, you know, they're, they're seeing something or they're not seeing something they'd like to see right out of Kareem Hunt. So that does make me a little nervous with Kareem Hunt. But you're right that they will they need a second pitch, okay? Like Jerome Ford yeah. doesn't even really profile as a guy that's just going to – because no running back does, right? Like the only running back who plays like all their team snaps for a long duration is Christian McCaffrey. Like that's it. Everybody else is getting subbed out somewhere. I mean, there's a couple random guys doing it right now, like Kyron Williams and Zach Moss. But <laughs> talk to me. Like, talk Zach to me. Moss played 98% of the team snaps. There wasn't another running back that played a single offensive snap. Well, did Colts. you watch the Zach running backs Moss. that played in week one? I think that might be why. Like that that was one. Very oh, rarely man. in fantasy do you get yeah. – um, do you get a, a, a guy that you know you need to pick up just by watching his teammates and yes. like coming out of week one? It's like, I know Zach, right. like, let's do like week two waiver wire. Got to be Zach Moss, bro, because you can't. Th- <laughs> those Josh running backs in so India bad. were a disaster. God. So Horrible. Uh, anyways, yeah. So rarely do we see some one running back just dominate workload like that. I don't expect Jerome Ford to do it. 
Um, but I, I do expect Kareem Hunt to mix in. I don't know. My question yeah. to you about all this, too, is like, and this is, I think, the, the crux of where Cleveland goes from here after Nick Chubb, because despite the fact that they paid their quarterback, you know, $250 million all guaranteed and all yeah. that, this offensive identity is the run game. This offensive identity well, is, yeah. yeah, it's been it's been Nick Chubb. Um, I have uh, pointed this out that the kind of the kind of sort of what's going on here is like the offense that Nick Chubb you know it has been the centerpiece of the Kevin Stefanski has run and like the mm-hmm. offense that Deshaun Watson thrived in in Houston right. is, just doesn't overlap. No, there's not no. a direct overlap there. Like they want their quarterback under center. They want their quarterback you know right. um, kind of doing play action and all this stuff. Whereas Deshaun Watson's like off script in the shotgun, all that stuff. I, I mean, I don't even know if Watson can do that stuff anymore, but that was what he did well in Houston. So do we see now the Cleveland Browns without their best player on the field sort of remake the offense on the fly? Is Stefanski capable of doing that? Um, is he going to do it? And sort and, and if, if so, does that have, uh, does, does that have any sort of, ability to save Watson's career and, and quite frankly, Kevin Stefanski's job. I think, well, what you just hit on are are two different things there. And and honestly, I don't think both things can, can exist at the same time. I don't think that Deshaun Watson, his, I don't think his career can thrive under Kevin Stefanski. And you and I have talked about a little bit of oil and water there in Cleveland. Um, And it's all that shotgun spread them out stuff versus all the stuff that you're going to do under center. Stefanski, um, ha- has picked up that outside zone run scheme and he's been really good at it and he's been really good at play action. Uh, these are not like turning his back to the defense that this, these are not things that Deshaun Watson is really known for. I, I mean, mm-hmm. again, you go back to what he did in Houston. It's like you spread them out, man. And you just let Deshaun Watson read the field and let him go, you know? So they need to find a, they need to find, to be honest with you, they need to find a running back that can run some like, you know, shotgun power. Because I think that, to me, would be a way for them to still keep that run game alive uh, while also utilizing what um, uh, Deshaun Watson could get done, man. So the problem to me is I think right now what they've got with their coaching staff and their quarterback just – it's like this, man. You know, it it just – they're button heads. They're really trying to figure out what to get done, and it just doesn't seem – it doesn't seem like the right fit, man. So uh, to me, I feel like Stefanski – they might move on from Stefanski this offseason. Uh, if not sooner, Matt, because I tell you what, there were some expectations now mm-hmm. coming into Cleveland. You know, they made that trade for Elijah Moore. You know, they're, fi- they're figuring a full, you know, offseason training camp regimen here for Deshaun Watson. There really were some, you know, some expectations. And you, by the way, you mentioned it, that defense is playing real well. That defense is playing out of their minds right now. That offense is not holding up their end of the bargain. And, I point to it all the time. When you've got a head coach who is supposed to be what? He's not supposed to be a defensive guy. He's supposed to be an offensive guy. Well, if your offense stinks up the joint and you're an offensive head coach, okay, there's a problem here, right? So I'm just saying Stefanski's seat's going to get real hot real soon. Yeah, and I don't even think it's his fault. I think that, you know, look, everybody in Cleveland has to have blood on their hands for the Watson trade because nobody, I mean, I'm sure – 
when and if these guys all get fired, they'll all sort of, you know, off the record or anonymously tell like, or even maybe publicly, they'll come out and they'll be like, yo, this is an ownership decision. And like, we were told to like get in line or get out. Right. And we all right. wanted to keep our jobs and blah, blah, blah. That stuff will come out there. But, um, you know, I think Stefanski's a really good offensive coach. Same. And I think, Same. I think they've, des- they have designed a good offense that has worked there. <laughs> it's just this quarterback's not a good fit for it. And, you know, if, if I'm Stefanski, I'm, I'm definitely concerned because I think he is, I think he is on the hot seat and I think he will be the fall guy. If Watson doesn't work out, that's how it always goes. Even yep. with quarterbacks, like even with quarterbacks that aren't with a questionable off the field, you know, questionable person, questionable morality stuff like Watson, right? The, the <laughs> right, first right. person to get the blame is not the quarterback that you paid $250 million to. No, it's no. the coach. It's the supporting Almost. cast. It's all right. this other stuff. But yeah, I, honestly, I would argue the offensive line's not perfect, uh, but they're definitely better run blocking than they are pass blocking. I, I totally get that. Uh, but it's a decent offensive line. Again, you have a great run game. The receivers are getting open. It's not an offense problem in in Cleveland. It's a quarterback problem. Like it's yeah. just period. And and dude, I, there I don't know. I just don't even know like what to do with that. If you work, if you're Kevin Stefanski, honestly, I'd almost I like I, I don't know what to, I just don't know what to do because this guy he has no feel for the game anymore. Like, and yeah. maybe he just never gets it back after the, all the time he went off that he had off all all that yeah. he you know that happened to him that he caught he obviously caused himself he caused these problems. Yes. but he spent so much time away from the game. It just maybe he just never gets it back because when you watch, I mean, you watch, when you watch him play on Monday night and any other game since we've seen him in a Cleveland Browns uniform, he just doesn't. He just doesn't have he it. Have like it. he doesn't have it. He does. He doesn't have it. Um, when he's under pressure, he's a four point nine YPA. His time to throw is three point nine seconds. That's an eternity when you're under pressure. He has no. He's taken eight sacks when he's under pressure. His like pressure to sack ratio is absurd. Um, his adjusted completion percentage is terrible. Generally, I I just it's hard to imagine a scenario where. Watson gets it back that that would be the only thing that I would say is like maybe if they just completely change the offense that they're doing to be more of what it was in Houston but I don't even have any faith he can do that so there's a couple things going on here right like one it's I don't see him throwing with a lot of conviction and and maybe that's just like oh I don't know Maybe that's just like an eyeball thing where it's like I, I've like fooled myself into thinking that I don't know who knows but no no no, say- no you're 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 totally right he is late on everything, 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 everything. He just, and like you said, so the question is, does he get it back? You know, Matt, I, I'll also say this. So there's, there's that, he doesn't throw with that conviction. That seems like a, either like a confidence issue or he's just not seeing it like he used to see it, man. But you know, you talk about that time to throw Watson has always held the ball for a long time. That's just kind of sort of been his thing, right? Like you think about some of the scrambling that he's been able to get done. I mean, remember back in those Houston days, man, like how fun was it him scrambling around then the new Hopkins and him on some mind meld and like mm-hmm. they find each other on the sideline with some crazy, you know, grab where only Newt can make, you know, that stuff was fun. Um, but his pocket presence to me oh. is just what happened to that? Like his pocket presence is gone. And when you watch him move, it's not like he doesn't still have the moves. He still has the the quick twitch stuff. But his his just ability to like 
uh, again, almost like Jedi mind trick a defensive player into moving the wrong way or or him making the right pocket reads. It's gone, bro. Like that stuff is just not there right now. So he's struggling to get out of the pocket. He's struggling inside the pocket and he's trying to do the stuff that he did five years ago and it's just not working. And he's not throwing with a lot of conviction, like I said, man. So there's a lot of things going on with Deshaun Watson, but I do think it's fair to say, man, now that we've had an entire offseason of him getting acclimated to the offense and those types of things, two games in, man, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look no. good at all. I think there's a real question mark, Matt Harmon, as to whether or not he ever gets it back. Yeah, and at this point, it would kind of be a surprise because we're like the evidence is starting to pile up. And again, Steelers' defense is good. Uh, Lou Anarumo, the Bengals defense, they played them week yeah, one. Good. He obviously he's good. He can pitch heaters and he can really yeah. fool elite quarterbacks. So I, again, maybe we look the like I said with the Steelers offense, if Deshaun and the guys can't get it done week three against the Tennessee Titans, the biggest, clearest pass funnel in the entire NFL right now. Can't run on the tight. <laughs> right. You can't run on the Titans, but right, you can right. throw on them. They're allowing All the highest defense. Average depth of target in the league right now. Yep. Lowest percentage of hurry dropbacks in the NFL. If you can't do it against the Titans, I, then like if I have maybe 10% faith he can ever get it back, that's going to crash to like 1%, 0%. Because <laughs> this is right. an advantageous spot to bounce back. But man, it is just – it's it's just, it was obviously a stupid trade for a lot of different reasons. But you start yep. to stack up the like football reasons, and even that's stupid. All of it is so stupid. Like it's going to go down as the pro- I, I, right now. It's trending towards going down as I mean, again from the moral perspective, like the most morally bankrupt trade of all time and the worst <laughs> football trade of all time. That's uh-huh. that's where it's trending for Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. And um, you know, the pocket presence stuff is so true. Like anytime, got like the we're talking about him when he's under pressure. Pass rushers come in, his eyes are down immediately, immediately. And now all of this stuff is just compounding to the point that I can't even imagine how he has any confidence at this point. And he was a guy that played with so much confidence in Houston. It's not too dissimilar to like Russell Wilson and, but Russell Wilson is like 33, you know, it's like 35, whatever, however old Russell Wilson is at this point. He's, he's in his thirties. He's a diminishing athlete. Like Watson might be a diminishing athlete here at this point in his career, but it's only because of the time spent away from the game. And yeah, the feel for it is the, is the biggest thing for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, I think I just feel like he's trying to get a lot of the stuff that he tried to do, you know, back then, you know, and, and trying to do it now and just not working. Uh, by the way, Deshaun Watson, 28 years old, Russell Wilson, 34 years old. So, um, yeah, there's a little bit of time there. I, I, like I said, I don't see a you talk about diminishing athlete. I don't see diminishing athleticism with Watson. It to me seems like a lot of it's upstairs, man. Um, right. And I, and I and I do think and it, and it is fair to wonder whether or not. Uh, He gets that back. All right, we'll move on. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hey, man, um, you know, if you've gone to the website, receptionperception.com, uh, you have seen a lot of this in-season content, in-season charting content. And, and, and of course, our guy, Matt Harmon, is just out here grinding like an absolute madman with some of these in-season charting profiles. Uh, you got Zay Flowers up, Alan Robinson, Kendrick Bourne, uh, Sky Moore, and Puka Nakua all in week number one. Our boy Derek Klassen, okay, had a Joe Burrow week one charting review that I thought was very telling. And then obviously as that played out in week number two, you saw even more of that, mm. right? Uh, and then now this week, he's got uh, Lamar Jackson going to be Ooh. coming out there. I know, right? He's going to be looking at week two Lamar Jackson under, uh, under that new offensive system. That's going to be really interesting uh, findings there. I'm really interested to see what happens there. Uh, but Matt Harmon, you've got a bunch of guys coming up too. And it, I, and to me, it's really a headline by a guy that you and I have both loved uh, for a while now in Nico Collins. Oh, we both loved? I thought I had a weird affinity for Nico well, Collins. Hold, hold on now. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Time out. Time out. First of all, both things can be true. Okay. Both <laughs> yeah, things can true. be true. Okay. You do have a weird affinity for Nick, Nico Collins. I'm just saying, I mean, I was, I, I, I've done, I've, I literally did skits on Nico Collins last, last year. Like that's how my, I like Nico Collins. Okay. So like, let, let's not get it twisted. Okay. I'm just saying both things can be true. All right. Now my dude, Nico Collins. Came out week two, gangbusters, boy. I mean, whoa, oh my God. 146 through the air and that touchdown, which I love the touchdown, by the way, Matt. That was absolutely not intended for him. But he went up and got that thing, plucked it out of the air, touchdown, good for six, Nico Collins. Uh, big time coming out party for Nico Collins there in week number two. Dude, Nico Collins looks so good. Um, 
it, this is going to be one of those instances too, when you read the profile where like, it won't even sort of encapsulate, I think, how good he looked, especially in week two against the Colts. And I, look, everybody's going to look good against the Colts this year from a stats perspective because their secondary is really rough and really inexperienced. But I'm talking yeah. about stuff like be that, okay, that's that's fine, but you watch some, like you watch a guy sometimes, and it doesn't matter who he's going against. Like he's just, he's just got it. He's just on fire. And that really is Nico Collins. Like, yeah, he's putting up big numbers right now. Mm-hmm. The the tape and like the reception perception results are are really even better. Um, it, it's it just comes back to the fact that he's like a true X receiver, right? This is what we have talked about with him a lot. That he's somewhere along this X receiver axis. You know, I've called him like a poor man's T Higgins before, and yeah, man, he really looks like um, he looks be- he looks better than even like a T Higgins when he's working the middle of the field. And that's what's crucial here, right? Mm. Um, the the routes that are that are really important for Nico Collins, nineteen point two percent of his routes are, have been digs so far this year. Seventy eight point six percent success rate. Twenty point five percent of his routes have been slants. Those have been uh, his most commonly run route. Ninety three point three percent success rate on the slant routes, and and all the deep downfield wow. stuff too. You know, nine routes and out routes. Those are all looking pretty solid too. But where he has really shined has been some of those over-the-middle routes. And what is a new part of his game, I think, this year, like you're seeing him play some big bully after-the-catch stuff. Uh, He has been in space, nine attempts uh, that I've charted so far. He's gone down on first contact just three times. He's broken one, at least he's broken one tackle three times, and he's broken multiple tackles three times. So like even distribution there, Mm. 33.3% multiple broken tackle rate. I, this guy looks awesome. I mean, he looks like a legit alpha X receiver. And I've, we obviously, yeah, I, I have had a weird affinity for Nico Collins. I, re- I remember when we first did that, like you first said that on the show and somebody was like having weird affinities for players. That's kind of like Harmon's brand. Uh, and, and that's true. <laughs> uh, true. But the reason, the reason I talk, like talk about these guys like Nico Collins so much is because like when they get a dude at quarterback and I think CJ Stroud has looked like a dude at quarterback for sure. We see what the results can be and, and we're seeing it with Nico Collins. Yeah, I mean he is um he is dominating, absolutely dominating the air yard share because that just gives you an idea of what CJ Stroud is looking at uh, downfield. Forty percent of the air yard share on the season right now for Nico Collins. Obviously, that cannot hold up. As a matter of fact, twenty seven percent there in week number two. If you could believe it, like sixty five percent air yard share in week number one for Nico mm-hmm. Collins. But um, but yeah, you're right. Like he's doing a lot of the big boy routes, man. Like uh, you know, you need some guy running down the sideline, giving you that fly route, giving you that nine. And, and C.J. Stroud's looking for him too. You know, uh, again, eight targets, uh, seven grabs, 146 and a touchdown for Nico Collins. That's pretty good. Uh, meanwhile, Jahan Dotson had himself a, a little bit of a, a tough week too. Not a little bit, a lot. Five targets, three grabs, 22 yards for Jahan Dotson. Had a team leading 39 routes run there in week number two, 19% air yard share in week number two, 26% on the season though. That's tied with Terry McLaurin. Speaking of Terry McLaurin had a pretty nice game, a a touchdown certainly gave him a a good productive afternoon there uh, for Washington. But what did you find with Jahan Dotson? Yeah, look, I know Dotson, he hasn't had the kind of like the statistical start. Most people thought, 
I actually saw a good bit of uh, not like it wasn't shadowed by Pat Sertan. That's not really what they're going to do with Pat Sertan there in Denver. Uh, But he did see a good bit of him. And he's like one of he's probably the best, if not one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL right now, Pat Sertan. So that was Mm -hmm. definitely part part of what happened in week two. Uh, But Terry got some of him. Jahan Dotson got some of him. Um, Neither one of them caught passes against him, by the way. That was that was notable. Like Terry's production came uh, elsewhere as well. So did Jahan Dotson's first like early few catches. Uh, but man, I think <laughs> John Dotson still looks great, dude. He's he's a great route runner. You know, he's over seventy percent success rate versus man, over seventy percent success rate versus press in the games that I've I've charted so far. Um, you know, I think one thing that's interesting too is like week one they lined him up much more in the slot. Week two they line him a little bit more outside, mm. um, and then the routes really that he's running and he's I mean just destroying dudes on these routes right now, like curls and digs and posts. It's just like pure intermediate stuff, right? He isn't getting a ton of like layup routes, like slants and things like that, because he's more of just a straight up outside receiver. Um, but I don't know, man. I think that uh, there's still like big days coming for Jahan Dotson would be my my thing here. Uh, I think that he'll he'll get it co- get it going at some point from a stats perspective. But I just think Washington right now looks really good on offense, so I'd be wanting to like um, buy stock in Washington right now, not sell it. Same. Same, absolutely the same. You know, Sam Howell to me, Matt, um, my comparison with, with Sam Howell, it's Sam Howell is what ba- is what people wanted Baker Mayfield to be. You know, this like right. strangely confident, over-aggressive throw over the football. He's going to make mistakes, but you know what? He's slinging it, baby. You know, and, and like, that's what Sam Howell is to me. You know, like he's this kind of like, you know, short, stocky dude, um, has a decent arm can get it out there a little bit. And, and to be honest with you, he is playing with a little bit of irrational confidence and he's playing with a, a, a pretty good offensive coaching staff uh, there with uh, Riverboat Ron. I don't know why we still call him Riverboat Ron, but Ron Rivera and uh, uh, Eric Bieniemy, right? So good coaching staff, good coaching staff. And, and the quarterback is, is hyper aggressive with pass catchers that can get some separation in Terry McLaurin. Uh, and Jahan Dotson. I totally agree with you, man. I think better days are ahead for Dotson. If I'm out there, I'm aggressively pursuing uh, the talents of Dotson and just seeing what you can get for him. Totally. Just like you said, I think it's looking good for Sam Howell right now. I love the Baker. It is. I love the Baker Mayfield comparison. It's really good because I think if you like split the difference of where these guys were drafted, like Baker Mayfield drafted way too high first overall pick. And then right. Sam Howell, fifth round pick. If we split the difference and put him somewhere in like the third round, like then that's perfect for both of these perfect. guys that are basically <laughs> kind of like, yeah, I, I think very similar skill sets. Um, look, overall, I think Washington is breaking in a lot of new here. Eric Bieniemy is running the show for the first time in his career uh, away from Andy Reid. Sam right. Howell is a this is it was this was his third NFL start. His third NFL start. You know, he started one game last year, two games this year. He's still breaking it in. They definitely were spreading the ball around a lot more than I thought they would be so far through through two games, particularly um, in week two. But also that, you know, they've got like <laughs> they've got Terry kind of still dealing with this toe injury. So right. I think Washington's identity will be much more settled like week six, week seven. Uh, that's when I think we'll see what this version of this team could really look like from a volume distribution standpoint. But I, I'm, I'm with you that I'm encouraged with what I've seen from Howell. Uh, it's such a good point that you bring up about uh, just three games started here for Sam Howell. You know what I mean? It's like he's essentially still a rookie. You know what I mean? That's what's crazy 
Um, even though we feel like, you know, obviously he got his rookie year out of the way and he's had an entire offseason to kind of acclimate to this offense. But you're right, man, like very little game experience in a bit here. So him coming out here and slinging it the way he's doing it, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I, I don't want to say I've been like blown away, but I, I think it's a good solid start for a guy in Sam Howell who, as you mentioned, is a fifth round pick. And it's the opposite of Deshaun Watson, man. Like this guy's like maybe like almost irresponsibly confident. That's what I like about him though. <laughs> yeah. You know, he does need to get That's rid of the like ball a little faster sometimes, but yes, he's got a lot of confidence. Yeah, he does. All right, man. Uh, let's go back to Houston here. Uh, you know, who had a nice little breakout party was uh, tank Dell, Nathaniel Dell there in Houston alongside Nico Collins, man. They got a really nice little young core there in Houston. Don't they, man? 10 targets, seven catches, 72 yards. In week number two for Tank Dell, uh, we've got an in-season, uh, what do we got, a sample coming out on Tank coming up here pretty soon? Yeah, uh, for sure. And what I think is interesting, too, is like Tank Dell's been not really a slot receiver for them. They've played him a lot more outside than I, I would have thought. You know, a lot of it is like, obviously, uh, they're going to do him. They're going to do him like off the ball. You know, um, yeah. he's played more in two receiver sets than I thought he would. And he looks great. He just looks so explosive, so smooth, so silky. Um, I think he's he he's going to be a really good player for them. And and I'm glad you mentioned you know the Houston has sort of an underrated kind of cast of guys around C.J. Stroud. This was one thing that like grinded my gears a little bit about um, when we were talking about the supporting casts around the rookie quarterbacks this year, mm-hmm. like. Okay, you know, national media just like, yeah, CJ Stroud, all he's got is Nico Collins and Robert Woods and Tank Delson. Okay, well, why don't you just admit you didn't watch Nico Collins? That's fine. You 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 you're not out here actually watching film. That's cool. Thank <laughs> way to admit it. Um, I think Robert Woods has a lot more juice than Adam Thielen right now. Not saying much, but I think it's true. And like, okay, yeah, DJ Chark, tell me you like if you if you didn't think that Nico Collins was a billion times more explosive <laughs> than DJ Chark, just tell me right. you only look at stats and you don't watch yeah. players play. Right, um, right, right. But I think with with Tank Dell, he fits in here really nicely uh, because he's you know from an upside standpoint, does he have like the ceiling that a guy like Jonathan Mingo does? No, but I also think he has a lot more. Um, like ready-made instant impact skill set. And that ability to beat zone coverage, I think, for him has been really noticeable through the first couple of weeks here just because he's so um, kind of crafty and refined as a as a route runner. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, you look at uh, Nathaniel Dell, Tank Dell, and you think, oh, this guy's got to be some kind of like, you know, explosive twitchy slot guy. But 80, 85% of his snaps have come on the outside. Meanwhile, it's it's Robert Woods, this the crafty veteran, uh, who again has some inside outside ability, and that's certainly how they're using him. Fifty five percent of Robert Woods outside, and then forty five percent lined up inside in the slot. So, you know, in these three receiver sets, it's largely Tank Dell and Nico Collins on the outside, and Robert Woods working the the middles. Um, but you know, and, and, and sometimes in these two receiver sets, it's sometimes it's Robert Woods, most likely it's Robert Woods, you know, they're using a lot of Robert Woods here. Uh, but, uh, but again, they're, they're giving tank, um, opportunity to shine as well. So I found that to be pretty interesting, to be honest with you. I look, I, I didn't watch a lot of Nathaniel Dell tank Dell, uh, in college, Matt, but is this something that you kind of saw from him as well to, to be able to play outside and, and, and do what he's doing? Yeah, I think so. Um, the the biggest thing with him as a collegiate reception perception guy, 
Um, you know, his success rate versus man was pretty solid. His success rate versus zone was pretty solid. But the most interesting number for Tank Dell, 83rd percentile success rate versus press, 73.9%, wow. um, despite the frame, right? Because right. Frame, is, frame is not all that matters uh, at, uh, at wide receiver. If you're crafty, if you can uh, explode off the line, again, if you have that rose route running traits, it's going to be really tough to press you. Um, and, and I think that's been the case, especially again, when you're getting that off the ball free release that, that Nathaniel Dell tank Dell has right now, like you're going to be able to cleanly get into your, get away from press coverage because you have that sort of running start. But some of his routes, like his college profile, his succession on curls and comebacks, like that's been sort of the best stuff for him so far. I think to me, uh, that ability to work back to the quarterback. And that that gives you a different flavor from Nico, who, like I said, has been so good working over the middle right now. So, yeah, I think they've got a – I really think C.J. Stroud, who's put up a ton of numbers so far, but, you know, even going forward, I think they've got a nice little cast for him, and, and that was underrated coming into the year. Yeah, I think uh, they've got a lot of really good role players, like high-level role players. They need that one alpha. If they can get an alpha, like a, a, a just a, a real alpha dog playing wide receiver, then all of a sudden this wide receiver room becomes like holy hell. Like they're they're gonna give some people some problems, you know. I don't know, dude. I like I'm I'm saying to you right now, like Nico is playing like that guy. We'll see. We'll see if he can can keep it up. But like like we said, I've always had a weird affinity for the player. <laughs> um, you've always liked it. it. Like we've we've been Nico Collins it. guys, but like. He has gotten so much better from year one to year two. And then now here this year, he's been really, 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 really impressive when you watch him in isolation. The in-season charting data backs it up. But like, I think it's even more impressive when you actually watch the physicality he's playing with. Wouldn't it be interesting if uh, if Nico Collins followed the, the old traditional third-year receiver breakout timeline, right? Like, that would be interesting to see. Um, all right, and, uh, and by the way, we talk about the quarterback charting. So we've got Lamar Jackson, his quarterback charting. Uh, should be out on this site by the time you hear this podcast. And then uh, our guy, Derek Klassen, uh, who's going to be joining the show next week, uh, is also charting Bryce Young as oh. well. So we'll get a, uh, a little bit of taste of good and a little taste of bad. But, you know, we talk about C.J. Stroud, and certainly just from like a statistical standpoint and eyeball perspective too, <clears throat> it seems like Stroud is miles ahead of, of Bryce Young right now. Now, it's really hard to separate, um, you know, quarterback play from talent, uh, receiving talent, what they've got in Houston versus what they've got in Carolina. Uh, now, that being said, Derek Class is going to do his best to try and do that. So that's why I'm really interested to see what the data uh, finds with Bryce Young. Uh, I'm just, I, I just feel, so, uh, you know, if I'm a Panthers fan, I just would feel it's only, it's only two games. I'm not saying like his career is over, or he's a bust, but uh, I can't wait to read Derek's profile as well. Just from like a vibes perspective, I'd feel uh-huh. so crappy that like Anthony Richardson, it just like he gets it, it just gets it right away. Like they've got yep. such a good offense designed around him. And shoot, people, hey, the same people that were like, who's CJ Stroud got to throw to? And like, who's Anthony Richardson got to throw to, uh, you know, in, in Indy? Meanwhile, Michael Pittman's like balling out to start the year, you know, <laughs> they've got dudes around him. They right. got a clear plan for him. CJ Stroud looks so comfortable despite the fact they have four or five starters, like not playing in week two. 
Right. And then like the thing coming out of week two for Bryce Young is like, oh, they can't even use him on the QB sneak because he's too little. I'd be like, oh, I would just I would hate that if I was a Panthers fan. Thank God I'm not. Thank, <laughs> Thank God I'm God. not. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Thank God I'm not, you. and I never have been. Okay. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh exactly. Exactly. Yeah, when they pulled uh, Bryce Young out on that short yardage QB sneak for Andy Dalton, you're like, oh my God. That is so bad. Um yeah, I don't know, man. That, that's pretty crazy stuff. Uh, so, yeah, anyways, it is what it is. All right, should we get to the option route? Let's do the option route uh, and get up on out of here, all right? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Option route this week. It's an interesting one. A hundred thousand bucks, Matt Harmon. Or <clears throat> you have no in-home toilet for a year. All right, you got the sink, you got a shower, you got no bowl for one whole year. What you got? So the <laughs> obviously, um, you know, you're doing all your business outside, but this one seems easy to me. Like I would just take the hundred K and like uh, I mean, I'll, I'll just, I'll piss outside and when I've got to do something else, you know, uh, I'll just r- run to the, run to the <laughs> local coffee shop and like <laughs> blow that thing up and leave. I mean, get a, get a cup to go and I'm out. <laughs> well, listen, it's not, it's not as easy as that. Okay. I mean, come on. I mean, like, you know, listen, th- sometimes you've got like those midnight runs. Okay. Like, you know, you, what are you going to do? You're going to go to your local Denny's or, or waffle house and just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, McDonald's, that thing's open 24 yeah. seven, right? It, it is. You're telling me you want to blow it out at a, at a McDonald's midnight public <laughs> sure. bathroom. That's what you sure. want to do. <laughs> sure. Do I get it? I mean, I probably have to buy something. Hopefully I get this a uh, hundred K up front. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I look. I got a lake down. We live in a community with a little lake now. I'll just wander into the I'll lake. Just and walk into the lake. <laughs> let it rip. <laughs> just walk into the lake. Oh yeah, my this goodness! This is easy. This is this First is the all, easiest uh, one of all. T- okay, this is the so, easiest one of all time. So you're saying you take the hundred k and and the no in home uh, toilet? Okay. Now, now the one consideration I don't think you've made yet, though, Matt, is what would Bree? say to all of this though i mean i don't i don't know i'm not i'm not i don't know i'm not checking with her uh you want me to go ask i mean uh i'm not checking with her on this one i'm just saying you take that okay without without asking her bro but but so but they're they're taking them like somebody's coming and taking them out of the house or just like out of the house no 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 they're Mm. out of the house they're just they're completely uninstalled I think what if I mean it's a hundred K. What if I'm like you can quit your job for a year, you know, and, and like we'll just we'll pocket the hundred K okay. 
Okay. And that's our that's our trade off if she gives me any pushback about it. Um, <laughs> but I mean, again, it's it's 100k. Like, let's just adjust. I will I will say there even if she's like, yeah, let's do it. You know how some some people are. Um, they they agree to something and then a little bit into it, they 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 haven't really thought it through. Right. Uh, and yeah. then then yeah. yeah by I, but by like month two, she's gonna be pissed at me about this, uh, which sure. is why I think I'll probably have to I'll have to give something in return. But we'll figure that <laughs> we'll figure that part out. You know we'll you know what's funny. Out. So I'm I'm playing devil's advocate here, but I'm with you actually. I'm taking this hundred k. And you know I, I'll tell you why. In addition to okay the money, which is nice. Um, I would also say this. It's actually, don't you feel like you could actually be like efficient? You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, well, I need to go on a grocery run. So while I'm at the grocery store, I'm going to go. I'm going to take care of the biz while I'm there too, right? I'm, and, and I tell you what, when you're in that public toilet, okay, it's not like you're not trying to dilly-dally. So all of a sudden, I'm not really on my phone now, all right? So mm-hmm. I'm getting in and out of there much faster. You know what I'm saying? So I almost feel like it'd be like a boon. You know what I'm saying? Like this is actually a blessing in disguise actually to have the no in-home toilet. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I'm concerned about here is that like, this is way too much info, but I'm like pretty hyper regular. (laughs) So I am a little concerned that this is not something I'm going to be able to schedule out. Like you're kind of saying like, Oh yeah, I'll go to the grocery store and then I'll get it done. Uh, Sometimes like when it's time, it's time. Um, so yeah, <laughs> well, you got, apparently you got that lake that you could just walk into. Yeah. That's, that's where the lake is. I mean, it's going to be uncomfortable during uh winter. It's going to be a little cold in there, but you know, cold plunging is also good for you too. Um, oh God, here we go. All right. So okay, there's go. multiple, now there's just multiple benefits to this. <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm, I'm really trying to wrap my mind around this, man. Like walking into the lake to deuce it. Like how does how do you go about doing this? I guarantee you there's somebody listening to this podcast, probably multiple somebodies that's done yeah, this before. Yeah. Okay. That, that okay. has, that has done this before, whether intentionally or unintentionally, <laughs> um, has, has done it in the ocean, in the okay. lake, God forbid in somebody's pool. Hey, you come to oh. my house and you do that in my pool. You're out of here forever. Oh, um, so, a lifetime yeah. banishment, bro. That's disgusting. Come on. Yeah. Let's That's a go. financial implication too. You're going to have to, you know, overhaul this whole thing. So, um, yeah, that would be oh, what I would boy. say. All right. So there you go. That's your option. <laughs> Give me, we're, we're both taking the hundred K. Uh, easy. I feel uh, easy. I feel like, uh, like I said, it could be a more efficient process as well. Uh, gets me off the toilet a lot faster, which would be, uh, which would be nice. Although I'm, I'm saying this and, uh, also saying fully that there's no way in hell I could do that. Uh, because I've got kids and there's just no way that's going to work. So, well, uh, yeah, so I, that's, <clears throat> pro- that's problematic for you yeah. for sure. The kid, the kid yeah. thing, that's, yeah. that's going to be tough to get on board with. If you had a, 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 a house of adults, uh, you could pull it off. You could pull it off with the house of adults with kiddos. Can't pull no it off. No way. Impossible. Back to diapers, I mean, uh, no matter your age. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's what I mean. Unless you're going back to diapers, unless you got like buckets set out and then that turns into a whole other thing. And yeah. No, disaster. Okay, I guess we're not doing that. Okay, anyways, all right, so there you go. That's your show. Uh, Go check out the website, receptionperception.com. A lot of new uh, great in-season tracking stuff uh, can be found there, both at the wide receiver and quarterback position. All right, but that is it for today's program. Uh, We are going to be, in the very near future, asking for mail-in questions, so go find us online on Twitter and on Instagram. At James Deco for me. Uh, You can find Matt Harmon everywhere on YouTube. By the way, go subscribe to his YouTube channel. What y'all doing? What y'all doing not subscribe to the YouTube channel? You get uh, clips, uh, long clips and rips 
uh, of this very same podcast, but melt it down for you in more digestible five, six minute forms uh, on the YouTube channel. Go find him over there. All right. So that's it for the show, man. For Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We will see it. And remember, you're never too old and it's never too late to chase your dreams. All right, peace.